Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, welcome everybody to another episode of Future Brew right here on SB Nation's Amazing Brew. My name is Vaughn Lozon and joining me today... My co-host and partner in crime, John Simmons. John, how you doing? I'm doing well, Vaughn. Excited to talk some more recruiting. Yes, me too, especially considering that we had an entire podcast ready last week and uh, completely had to ditch the entire thing because uh, Anthony Campanelli took a new job and we had talked quite a bit about him and his recruiting endeavors moving forward at Michigan. But we will talk about the new assistant's uh, coming up here in a little bit, but let's start with a decommitment in the 2020 class that comes from Micah Mazkua. He is a three-star offensive lineman from Maryland, played high school ball at St. Francis Academy, where uh, a few future Wolverines uh, played at for their senior season. Uh, he was a three-star guy. He was in uh, the 600s, somewhere in that uh, range, I believe. Ranking-wise, uh, 616, it looks like, is the uh, current ranking on 247's composite. He decommitted, and uh, Reek uh, ended up committing to Baylor uh, over there in the Big 12. He took an official visit this past weekend. Kind of seemed like it was a set in stone that he was going to decommit and go over to Baylor in the Big 12 there. John, what were your initial thoughts when he decommitted from Michigan and uh, decided to go over to Baylor? Uh, well, I don't think it was really a surprise to anyone who had been following uh, the 2020 class too closely. 
uh, when Michigan first sent out their official offers uh, to all, all the guys in their their class on uh, September 1st, it was, um, as Kua's was a little bit different, it said that he needed to hit some uh, academic benchmarks in order for uh, him to join the class. And ever since then, there's been some speculation whether he'd uh, join or not. And after uh, him, he didn't sign in December, I think it became clear that, uh, I don't know if he didn't reach uh, those marks in the classroom or it was some other issue, but um, after he didn't sign, it became clear that he wasn't going to be uh, in the class. And it was a matter of, you know, what school would he choose instead? And it turned out to be Baylor. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I uh, also wasn't too shocked at this. It seemed like it was uh, a long time coming. And uh, after he didn't sign in December, it was kind of like a, you know, why didn't he sign in December? Not a lot of info was out there at that time. Uh, it was a bit of a surprise. I wasn't too shocked about Nick Patterson, the tight end, not signing. He's a three-star, obviously, Shea Patterson's brother. We'll talk about him in a minute. But uh, it's cool. It was, it was a little confusing at first, and then all of this information came out, and the writing was on the wall with him. So uh, definitely wish him nothing but the best over in Baylor. Hopefully he's able to compete and uh, get stuff going over there for him. Um, the offensive line situation in general, they've still got a few guys uh, in the 2020 class that they're going to roll with. They've got Reese Atterbury, the three-star center. They've got Jeffrey Percy, the four-star offensive tackle, and then Zach Zinter, the four-star offensive guard. So not a huge deal uh, in the grand scheme of things. If you're looking at the bigger picture, not a huge deal that Michigan loses one offensive line recruit in this class. They still got three. You still got a lot of the guys uh, that are probably uh, from this 2019 class. A lot of the guys from that class probably going to compete for these open positions next year. Uh, there's four of them that are open. Uh, all but the right tackle spot are pretty much uh, up for grabs. So I think at the end of the day, not a huge deal. I, I don't think Jim Harbaugh and Ed Warner are necessarily losing sleep over this decommitment, but it would have been nice to have another guy in the room. You never know when someone's going to have to step up and in the, you know, depth, depth charts change all the time. Injuries happen, things go on all the time. So not a huge blow, not a huge deal. Um, but it would have been nice to have another body. Is that kind of how you see it or how, how do you view it? Do you think it's a bigger deal than what I'm kind of bringing it up as? No, I don't think so. I think, like you said, they've got three guys already. They took six guys last year in 2019, so it was a big class there they can afford to take. I think the you know the best size is around four to five every year, so um, having one less this year with uh, six last year, I think they'll be fine. And they're also in position to take a big class in 2021. Um, you know, the one guy I think that they're still like – the single guy they're still recruiting in 2020 is uh, James Pagolrelk, the the tackle from Virginia. So he could he could end up joining the class. So I think the 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 staff still might want to take one guy, but it's really only a guy uh, that they really like and have been recruiting for a while. I don't think they're going to scramble and try to try to take someone that they're really not too high on just to have a body. I think they're okay with the who they have on the roster right now. Yeah, I think so, too, I, and, and especially considering that they already got one guy committed in 2021, Giovanni Alhadi, a top 100 guy, and like you had alluded to, they're going after a ton of offensive linemen in this 2021 class, a lot of them being in their backyard in the state of Michigan, 
and uh, probably leading for David Davikov, who is a four-star offensive tackle in the state of Illinois. So they're off to a really good start in 2021. I'm not too worried about the offensive line position, quite honestly. I, I think they'll be just fine. I think the guys that they got already and the guys coming in and uh, the guys in this 2021 class will be more than sufficient enough to uh, make up for a loss of a one a three-star offensive lineman. But uh, kind of like I alluded to earlier with Nick Patterson, uh, the tight end, a commit three-star guy. He's been committed for uh, quite a while now, honestly. But uh, he didn't sign in December either. Odds are he's probably going to decommit and uh, – go somewhere else at this point it's kind of to be determined where that's going to be uh i know that he had taken some uh visits over the season and none of them actually were to the university of michigan even though he's been committed um this entire time he never has uh decommitted or anything along those lines but he's taken some visits um at this point do you expect him to stay in the class too john it, it looks like he's kind of on his way out too yeah i don't think he'll be there either um you know i think even as soon as he committed back in like September of last year, it was kind of seen as uh, just a move by the staff because he's uh, Shea Patterson's younger brother, just to give him more, uh, you know, spot, a bigger spotlight in recruiting, uh, try to pick up some more offers. And you have seen him get some more uh, interest from bigger schools. He took an official visit to Georgia Tech. I think he went to Memphis as well. So it'll probably be, a school of that uh, caliber, I'd say that he ends up joining on signing day, but I don't think he'll end up at Michigan either. Yeah, it kind of seems like the writing's on the wall for this one too. So, uh, yeah, he did take an official to Memphis uh, this past December, just last month, and then looks like he visited Georgia Tech back in September. So he's got some options. It's not like he's going to uh, not join the class and, and you know, be left out in the dust, so to speak. He'll he'll have a program to go to, and he'll compete. And uh, as far as the tight end position goes, I think Michigan's fine there, too. Uh, you got Matthew Hebner coming in uh, in this 2020 class, and obviously with the guys that they got coming back, Nick Eubanks obviously being uh, the go-to guy for next season, but you still got Eric Hall. You still got Luke Schoonmaker. So they've got uh, plenty of guys to work with in this uh uh, upcoming season uh, here in, in 2020. But um, let's move on here, um, unless you had something uh, you wanted to add at the, at the end here. Nope. All I'm good. good. Okay. Yeah, let's move on here to these uh, new assistant coaches, then we'll talk about. Uh, we've got two new assistants here at the University of Michigan after Chris Partridge and Anthony Campanelli left uh, for other jobs. Uh, Bob Shoup, he is uh, going to be coaching the safeties. Not really known for his recruiting, uh, but he's uh, very well known as a defensive coordinator and, and being a good quality coach. Uh, and then the new linebackers coach replacing Camp Benelli, Brian Jean Mary. He is more of uh, the recruiting guru, so to speak. Uh, he is going to be taking over at linebackers. Uh, he's been kind of all over the place. He uh, was at the University of South Florida. He was in Texas, he was at Louisville, and he had been coaching under uh, Charlie Strong at uh, Louisville and Texas, and I think uh, South Florida, too. He's pretty much just been following Charlie Strong around, uh, it looks like. But uh, I, I think this uh, Gene Mary uh, addition is really nice for, uh, for the recruiting side of things. I think he's going to really come in and attack the recruiting trail hard. 
especially considering that the linebackers coach at Michigan doesn't really have to do a ton of coaching. I think he's going to be more focused on recruiting, especially in those Southern states. I, I, I think he'll do a pretty decent job down in Florida. seems like he's got some good connections there as well as Texas. So uh, a few possibilities here. For, let's start with Brian Jean Mary here. A few, a few possibilities for landing some big fish in this uh, 2021 class. I, when I when I saw that Brian Jean Mary got hired, John, and I saw his background, I immediately thought Brandon Jennings, four-star linebacker. And that's the first guy that jumped out to me. He'll probably be going after him pretty hard, um, as well as some other guys uh, down in Florida and possibly Texas as well. They've got some targets. But Jennings was the first guy I thought of. I think he can reel him in. I think he's that good of a recruiter. Yeah, uh, like you said, He's got lots of connections in Florida and Texas, so those are the two areas that I thought of as well. And, you know, as a, as a linebacker, Brandon Jennings kind of fills out both of the criteria that you want Jean-Marie to to recruit. Um, he, Jennings kind of was made a surprising visit to campus uh, earlier in the, the season just because he kind of came out of nowhere. He's a top 40 guy that uh, people didn't really realize was getting recruited by Michigan, so... He's definitely going to be uh, a top target, I think. I think he's already been a top target, but now with Gene Mary on staff, I think it's really going to ignite his recruitment there. Um, there's plenty of guys that he can go after. Linebacker's an interesting position this year because they took five or six guys, depending on how you look at you know, guys like William Mohan in 2020. So it's not going to be a super high uh, priority, but I think it's being that... Uh, that selectiveness that Michigan can kind of pitch will uh, attract, you know, some of their top targets, like guys like Jack Hollyfield or Jamari Budden or Junior Colson from Tennessee. Um, I think Colson's another one because of uh, uh, Shoop, Bob Shoop's uh, history at, at Vanderbilt might help a little bit there in Tennessee, um, along mm-hmm. with Gene Mary's, uh, you know, he was coaching at Louisville in Kentucky, uh, more of the South there. Uh, I think he's another one that can help, uh, out with junior Colson as well. So that Jennings and Colson, I think are the biggest, you know, stock up guys from uh, Gene Mary's hire. Yeah. I, I actually agree with you a hundred percent. I don't think the linebacker spot's going to be necessarily super important in 2021, but if you can land a guy like Brandon Jennings, top 40 guy or junior Colson, who I think has a lot of potential and Jamari Budden too. I, I really like him as a player. If you can land, even just one of those guys, I think that would be uh, a pretty good uh, moving forward at the position. But Gene Mary, uh, you, you wrote up this story here on mazenbrew.com about uh, his recruiting chops and, and how he's done here uh, on the recruiting trail uh, during his time in Texas in 2015. You say that uh, he was the number one recruiter in the Big 12 and seventh in the country. And that was uh, per 24-7 sports uh, recruiting rankings. The year after that, he was fourth in the conference and 28th overall. So he's got a couple of years here where he's reeling in some big-time players for uh, Texas, and uh, he, he seemed to be doing pretty well there. I think he was a recruiting coordinator too. Is that right, John? Yeah, he was a recruiting coordinator at least uh, at Texas, which – like I think he was a rec- – Yeah, at least for – at Texas, which is good because, you know, that's the biggest uh, – program they're at out of louisville in south florida and that's the most responsibility um you know he landed a five-star malik jefferson 
a bunch of top 100 defensive ends, uh, some wide receivers even. So he's pretty diverse in like the positions he recruited. And he didn't really have to go outside of Texas much when he was at Texas, unsurprisingly, since you know it's such a huge talent state. But I think those relationships are going to be big, especially because Michigan's going after a kind of a high amount of Texas guys in uh, 2021. A lot of the running backs, like Kamar Wheaton, LJ Johnson, uh, Cameron Valdez are from Texas. There's a couple of linemen, a wide receiver, Latrell Neville is, is from down there. So I think the staff is kind of already targeting that area. So having Gene Murray uh, down there is really going to help even more, I think. Yeah, I, I, I would think so. And I would hope so if I were a uh, Michigan fan. Um, I, I think he's got a load of uh, potential at the University of Michigan to be a really good recruiter. He's been a good recruiter pretty much anywhere he's been. So I, I think uh, the sky's the limit for Gene Mary. Um, let's talk about Bob Shoup real quick. I, I, on the other side of the aisle, we've got uh, Shoup, who's not really known for his recruiting. He's more known for building guys up and coaching them into good players and and he's coached some really good defenses in the sec at mississippi state he had some good uh defenses at penn state and uh he, he just you know it, it, i don't know if it's a a lack of effort or what it is but he just for whatever reason hasn't really reeled in a ton of elite talent during his time especially given you know mississippi state it's an sec school you think that you'd be able to get some good players there and Penn State, obviously, uh, one of the premier Big Ten schools, uh, but he, he just hasn't really done all that, uh, at least according to 24-7's rankings here. Um, he's reeled in, I, th- I believe, a four, one four-star. It, it was when he was at Penn State. It was a cornerback, John Reed, and uh, he, he was only the secondary recruiter in that recruitment. Josh Gaddis, of all people, was the uh, primary guy in that recruitment, but all these other guys that he's uh, brought into his programs in 2017, he had one guy who was a three-star safety, Theo Jackson in 2018 at Mississippi state, three-star safety, Aaron Brule, three-star athlete, Nathaniel Watson. And then uh, this uh, 2019 cycle, he was the secondary recruiter for another three-star cornerback, Colin Duncan. So not really a whole lot to go off here in terms of the recruiting aspect of things as a coach, obviously he's got, a lot of talent being able to build guys up. And I believe he had the number one or number two defense in the country with Mississippi state a year or so ago. So obviously he's got a load of potential uh, for coaching at Michigan being the safeties coach. And obviously Michigan is bringing in a huge safety group here in the 2020 class. But as a recruiter, I think he's going to kind of have to prove himself and uh, step it up a little bit, especially considering, uh, uh, Chris Partridge, the guy that he is replacing, was uh, Michigan's best recruiter probably since Partridge came to Ann Arbor. So it, big shoes to fill on the recruiting trail for Bob Shoup. He's going to have to uh, step up and, and prove himself, in my opinion. Yeah, I think to me that just kind of seems more like indifference on the trail rather than like being actively bad at it. Although I'm sure if, like, if he was naturally good at it, he'd put more effort into it. But to me it just seems like he wants to focus on the X's and O's, doesn't really care a lot about the trail he's going to get, his one or two guys in the secondary that he needs, and then just get back to game planning. He kind of reminds me of like a Michael, Mike Sordich at Michigan kind of type with a you know harder cap on his ceiling because he's been at Mississippi State, which is a lot harder to recruit at than Michigan. But, you know, Zordich kind of just goes mm-hmm. after 
a couple of guys that he likes every class at the cornerback position. That's it. And then he just kind of works on coaching up the guys that he does get, and he does a really good job. Um, so I kind of think that's what Shoup's going to be like here. Um, I, I'm excited to see what Shoup does on the field because Partridge helped bring in a bunch of talented safeties on the roster now. I think it's one of the deepest positions after bringing in five blue-chip guys in the last uh, two two cycles. So I think he's going to really accelerate the play of the safeties this year. But I think it's going to rely more on guys like Sean Nua and uh, Gene Mary now to get you know the one one or two more safeties um, that that at the level that they've been recruiting the last two years. Yeah, yeah. I I, I guess we'll see how he does. I I like to give these new coaches that aren't really known for their recruiting the benefit of the doubt a little bit. The one example I lean towards is Ed Warner. He he wasn't known for his recruiting during his time when he was whether is it. Uh, excuse me, Notre Dame, Ohio State, you know, wherever he's been, he was never known for his recruiting. And then he comes to Michigan, he brings in a hall of six offensive linemen, literally within the first class that he has. And now he's bringing in three more. Uh, Actually, I I think all three of those guys in this 2020 class for Michigan have a a load of potential. And we'll see if they can land Pogorelk or not, uh, the lone uh, offensive lineman remaining. Uh, target-wise in 2020. But Ed Warner is, uh, you know, to say the least, he's kicked ass on the recruiting trail. He's done really well. Um, you know, I'm, I'm not going to say that Shoop is going to be terrible or anything along those lines. I, I want to give him at least a year, see how he does. And if he ends up being another Michael Zordich-esque recruiter, but he's able to coach these guys up and, and really teach them the position and build the play – in the secondary, I, I, I think it could be an okay trade-off, uh, especially considering Zordich has been a really good cornerbacks coach during his time, but he hasn't really recruited all that much. He's brought in a few guys, um, but, I mean, with the play that he's received from guys like David Long and Levert Hill, uh, the list goes on and on. Jordan Lewis, I mean, the, it speaks for itself, uh, the, guy, the guys that he's been able to coach up and, and get drafted into the NFL and we'll see if Levert gets drafted this uh, in this year's draft. But I think that would be an okay trade-off. What, what do you think about all that? Yeah, I think it would be good uh, definitely for the, the back seven play. I just worry about, you know, you always have to have that balance of recruiters and, you know, position coaches on the field. Ideally, you'd have a guy like Warner who is one of the top guys at, uh, at coaching his position and also is really putting in the yeah. work, like you said, at Michigan. But uh, if not, um, you know, you want to have a a mix of really good recruiters and good on-field coaches. And I think they uh, they did balance out that on the defense by landing Gene Mary as a really good recruiter and pretty good uh, X's and O's coach, too, and Shoup, who's, you know, maxed out maybe top 10 defensive coordinator in the country as a position coach, which is is a big uh, value for Michigan to have. Um, So as long – I was more concerned – when it was just uh, Shoop, but after uh, Harbaugh pulled out Gene Mary, I think it could definitely work out well now that there's, you know, a, a good recruiter and a good uh, position coach that have been added. Especially considering that all the rumors were leading to uh, Tenarius Tank Wright being the next linebackers coach at Michigan, and obviously he had none of the experience that Gene Mary has. Uh, he's just an assistant strength and conditioning coach at Michigan. Um 
We'll see if he continues to do that or not. I know that a lot of the buzz was from when he changed his uh, Twitter profile to uh, coach at Michigan instead of strength coach or whatever it was beforehand. I know a lot of people got uh, a little too excited about that uh, or maybe not too excited. I'm very happy with the Gene Mary edition. Uh, we'll see about Shoop uh, on the recruiting trail. But in terms of recruiting, I, th- I, th- I think they'll be okay. I think Gene Mary will be uh, really good and we'll have to wait on Shoop, but uh, there's some potential there. But uh, was there anything else you wanted to add before uh, we move on here? Nope. I think I'm all good. Covered it well. Okay. Well, we will. Uh, how, how about this? We'll, we'll we'll take a quick break and we'll come back and we'll wrap up and we'll talk some uh, uh, hoops recruiting here. So stick around. We'll be right back. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. And we are back. We're going to wrap up our podcast today talking about some Michigan basketball recruiting and uh, a familiar face has uh, jumped on board the 2020 class for the Wolverines. It's Juwan Howard's son, Jace, three-star forward. He is listed as six foot seven and 200 pounds. He doesn't have a composite ranking, but 24-7's got him as a three-star, number 250 overall. All 11,000, it seems like, crystal balls were in Michigan's favor. Uh, there was never really doubt in my mind about this one. This was kind of a long time coming. He could have committed right when Michigan threw the offer at him, but he waited a few months here to actually go through the process and check out some other schools that he had on his list. And I actually commend him for that. Uh, he, he, he was checking out a lot of Ivy League schools, and he actually had uh, an offer from San Diego State as well by the time it was all said and done. And he had a lot of interest from a few uh, pretty good schools here. But uh, choose Michigan at the end of the day. Obviously, uh, Michigan's class is starting to build up now. They've got uh, five commitments, I believe, now with uh, Jace Howard. You have five. Jace Howard, you got Terrence Williams, Hunter Dickinson, Isaiah Todd, and Zeb Jackson, who's already signed his uh, letter of intent to join Michigan. Ranked number four overall, this class is. Um, could jump as high as number three if they uh, add five-star guard Josh Christopher, who seems to be the last target, uh, realistically at least, for uh, Juwan Howard and the Wolverines here. So, John, uh, what was your reaction when you saw that he committed? I, I can imagine that you probably weren't too terribly shocked. Uh, nope, I was, you know, not very surprised, especially once he narrowed down the list to have the two Ivy League schools in his top three. It was kind of a given at that point. Yeah. Um, so 
I mean, it was a given as soon as he got the offer either way. So, you know, this has been expected for a while. I think the biggest uh, speculation was whether he'd be on scholarship or not, but he did confirm that he will be a scholarship player, which kind of turns the look to, you know, who's leaving that. Because I think now this puts Michigan one over the scholarship limit for next year. Um, and then obviously they're still going after Josh Christopher, maybe even Frank Brown um, in the in the class, still a couple of top, you know, five star guys. So it'll it's more about the scholarship crunch now, seeing what Juwan Howard's going to do to manage his roster and get them back under the, the that thirteen scholarship limit for next year. Yeah, and uh, yeah, if if they do add Josh Christopher, it would be uh, quite the quite the challenge to narrow down who's going to be leaving the program and who's going to be staying. Um, obviously, you worry about that once you cross that road, I guess, but. Anytime you can add a five-star guard like Josh Christopher, I, I honestly think he's going to be a really good player, John. And this this is a guy that you take no matter what, no matter what the number crunch is, even if you're four guys over the scholarship limit, yeah, I, I would take him. I'd figure it out later and uh, just, just roll the dice on that. But luckily it's not too bad. I, I think with natural attrition, with uh, whether Isaiah Livers ends up leaving early from the NBA or guys transferring or whatever the case may be, which I do think some transfers are, are pretty inevitable at this point. I think they'll figure it out at this point. You take in all these guys and uh, you just figure out all the, the scholarship stuff later. But, uh, but yeah, I, I don't know about Brown, honestly. I, I feel like uh, Josh Christopher, in my mind at least, he's really the only realistic option left. Um, you know, I, you know, Greg Brown's obviously a, a, a hell of a player and another guy that would be hard to turn down, but uh, I, I just don't really see Michigan as a, a, a realistic option for him. I feel like it's more so he's going to stay home in Texas or, or maybe go to Kentucky. I, I feel like it's more of a in-state Texas uh, battle at this point, but um, obviously you take Christopher, but uh it's going to be interesting to see how this all plays out, but, um, but yeah, it's a good problem to have quite honestly, John, um, a very good problem to have to take in so many five or four star guys that uh, you don't know what to do. But, but I think at the end of the day, some guys will probably end up transferring just out of, Hey, it's, you know, you got a new head coach and the program directions changing a little bit, kind of a, you know, good luck, but get out kind of thing. And that's what I think is going to happen at least. Yeah. For, I think one of the most accepted, uh, you know, scenarios in Michigan fans mind has been Austin Davis, you know, kind of getting that handshake after uh, his four years with the program and, you know, grad transferring somewhere else. But I kind of think, yeah. Uh, Adrian Nunez is more likely to transfer at this point than Davis. Like Davis has proven to be a pretty, pretty solid backup there. Um, when when John Teske, you know, is in foul trouble, um, you know, there's been some problems mm-hmm. when they're both on the court. But when uh, Davis has to to step in, I think he's been he's surprised a lot of people with uh, how well he's performed. Yeah. And then Nunez, meanwhile, I kind of kind of has been empty uh, whenever he's getting minutes. Um, you know, he isn't really doing much with them. And I think, uh, you know, he might be being told to, to look around as well um, if his minutes keep decreasing and, you know, nothing's happening. Uh, as the season moves forward and uh you know a lot depends on isaiah livers pro potential i don't know how this this injury will impact him um if he can get back soon enough 
Um, I think he's he's almost ready to come back. He was warming up with the team uh, against uh, in their Iowa game, so I think he's close to returning. So if he can get back and then uh, show get back to the level that he's used to, then I think a pro career is definitely uh, possible for him as well. So there's, I think those are the top three kind of scenarios that uh, Michigan's going to uh, expect to happen as in, tor- in terms of uh, attrition for, for the new class. Yeah, I, I mean, regardless of whoever it is, I think there will be some attrition, whether it's guys going pro or guys transferring. I would expect uh, at least one guy to transfer. Um Specifically, who I'm 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 not going to throw out any names at this point. I I that would just be speculation on my part, so I'm not going to do that. But uh, I I think it is necessary at this point if you want to move the program in the direction that they're wanting to move it, which is more so getting guys that'll be on campus for a year or two, and then just seeing how it all plays out and and uh, making runs in the tournament. Probably with these five star guys, it'll probably end up being. One and Dunn's like Christopher, like Isaiah Todd and players along those lines. I think Terrence Williams could be like a two or three year guy, maybe stick it out all four years. Um, Dickinson will probably be a one or two year guy, but um, but we'll just see on all that. But I mean, adding Jace, uh, good news. I, I, I think it's good. Uh, anytime you get a commitment, it's good news. Uh, you want a guy that, that wants to be on the team and, and obviously uh, it'll be It'll be fun to watch uh, Juwan coach his son too. Uh, you know, he he really gets into coaching, and I mean, he's he's had a few uh, a few technical fouls thrown his way for barking at the refs uh, this season, and uh, yeah, he's really passionate about what he does. And I, I think it's cool that he's able to uh, coach up his son at uh, at the University of Michigan too. I think that's real cool. Yeah, for sure. I you know, it's it's cool. You know, Howard and Jace Howard in his interviews today. You know, talking about growing up in a Michigan family and that's all he's known. And now he gets to have the same experience that his dad did. And obviously, you know, Michigan's been such a big part of Jawan Howard's, uh, you know, development just as a person, as a, as a human being growing up. And obviously he wants to give that experience to his son and like, who can blame him for that? Not me. I don't think anyone can blame him for that. Yeah. I mean, obviously the university means a lot to Jawan and uh, I would imagine that it, at the end of the day, it'll mean a lot to Jace too. So real cool to see all that develop here and uh, it'll be exciting to see all of this unfold next season. But uh, I think that's all the time we got for today. Uh, thanks for joining us. As always, you can find me on Twitter at Vaughn underscore Lozon for more flaming hot takes and uh, Michigan football and basketball recruiting news. John, where can you be found on the Twitter sphere? Uh, at Simmons underscore John. And be sure to follow Maze and Brew on Twitter at Maze and Brew. You can give a like to Maze and Brew as well on Instagram and on Facebook. And be sure to rate and subscribe to all of our podcasts on the SB Nation Podcast Network for Maze and Brew Podcasts. Uh, we will be back next week, hopefully, unless some uh, breaking news happens and we have to cut our uh, podcast again. But uh, hopefully that doesn't happen. Uh, one-time thing, John. We're going to do it one time and just move on. Uh, that's that, that's what I yeah, that's what I'm hoping for too. So until next week, probably. Uh, this is Vaughn. And that is John. We'll talk to you next week. Go blue.